It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself in a Christian worldview. Well, welcome to Quantum number 105. And we're going to do something different this week. Quantum is a podcast that looks at news and culture and society from a Christian perspective. And... It's listened to by people all over the world, Christians and non-Christians, and I hope it's helpful to you. Normally, we would go through various news items, um, but this time, and I think what we're going to do for the next few weeks, is focus on one particular subject. We'll get to this week's subject uh, in a while, but first of all, we do have to say something about this amazing lady. The public first got to know her as Maid Marian to Errol Flynn's Robin Hood. But she will always be remembered for Gone with the Wind. It managed to be the happiest film experience of my whole life. That is Olivia de Havilland, 104 years old. One of the stars of Gone with the Wind has gone uh, as I say, this year in particular, it does seem as though an era is passing and we're entering into a new world. And it's a world that it seems is going to be dominated by China and China, or at least the Chinese Communist Party, because we need to learn to make the distinction, is what we are talking about this week. Have a listen to what Christopher Ray of the FBI had to say. The greatest long-term threat to our nation's information and intellectual property and to our economic vitality is the counterintelligence and economic espionage threat from China. It's a threat to our economic security and, by extension, to our national security. As National Security Advisor O'Brien said in his recent remarks, we cannot close our eyes and ears to what China is doing. And today, in light of the importance of this threat, I will provide more detail on the Chinese threat than the FBI has ever presented in an open forum. This threat is so significant that the Attorney General and the Secretary of State will also be addressing a lot of these issues in the next few weeks. But if you think these issues are just an intelligence issue or a government problem, or a nuisance largely just for big corporations who can largely take care of themselves, you could not be more wrong. It's the people of the United States who are the victims of what amounts to Chinese theft on a scale so massive that it represents one of the largest transfers of wealth in human history. Our data isn't the only thing at stake here. So are our health, our livelihoods, and our security. We've now reached the point where the FBI is opening a new China-related counterintelligence case about every 10 hours. Of the nearly 5,000... That, that is FBI extraordinary in lots of ways. Um, China is being perceived, or again, and I'm, I'm going, I need to phrase this carefully, the Chinese Communist Party, because when we say China, it sounds as though we're talking about Chinese people, which we are not. 
it sounds as though we're talking about the nation state of China, which we're not. We're talking about the Communist Party, the CPA, the Communist Party of China, who are obviously rule that country and rule it as an authoritarian dictatorship. And it's far more dangerous than we realize. I've been reading an extraordinary book by uh, Clive Hamilton and Mareika Olberg called Hidden Hand, exposing how the Chinese Communist Party is uh, reshaping the world. I cannot commend this book highly enough. It is utterly fascinating. And I, I'm going to write a more extensive review of it. But um, I'm just amazed. This uh, Clive Hamilton is a green politician in Canberra. And the information he has managed to get, he's a very brave man. So let, let's, let's get some facts. China is a country of some 1.44 billion people. It has 19% of the world's people. India, for example, is about to overtake it. It's at 1.4 billion people. In terms of geographical area, China is the third largest country in the world after, uh, I wonder if you know what the other two are, Russia and Canada. It is the world's second largest economy, but uh, as I've been watching, uh, I'd recommend this on Netflix, History 101. Look at the section on the expansion of the Chinese economy, and it really is an extraordinary tale. The innovation, the development within China is, is incredible. And that means that it's the probably the second largest um, or most effective military in the world. And... Do you know, as we're thinking about things and we're thinking about COVID and the plague and locusts in East Africa and Pakistan, we're thinking about religious terrorism, largely Islamic. We're thinking about the collapse in Western values and so on. I, I suspect that I'd be quite surprised if in my lifetime we do not see a war that involves China and the West. I hope not. But it seems to me that the likelihood of that has increased enormously. So let's look at one aspect of China, of course, and that is COVID-19, what President Trump called the China virus. But, um, sorry, that wasn't a very good impression of President Trump. The Chinese virus. Now, it, it did appear, it does appear as though China has managed to control that. It's able to do so largely through very authoritarian measures, which comes easy for an authoritarian state. But China recorded 61 new coronavirus cases on Monday, the highest daily figure since April. There are particular clusters, especially in the Xinjiang region, which is where the uh, Uyghur Muslims are, uh, a group that are being persecuted by the Chinese Communist Party. So it'll be very, very interesting to see if there's a second or third wave of um, COVID-19 in China. But speaking of persecution, let's think of China and the church. Now, this is very interesting. Article 36 of the Constitution of the People's Republic of China declares that one, citizens of the People's Republic of China enjoy freedom of religious belief. How good is that, eh? Number two, no state organ, public organization or individual may compel citizens to believe in or not believe in any religion. 
nor may they discriminate against citizens who believe in or do not believe in any religion. So far, so good. Number three, the state protects normal religious activities. No one may make use of religion to engage in activities that disrupt public order, impair the health of citizens, or interfere with the educational system of the state. And therein lies the rub. Who defines what's normal? And who defines what's disrupting public order or impairing the health of citizens or interfering with the educational system of the state? In other words, the Constitution of the People's Republic of China guarantees freedom of religion on the one hand and takes it away on the other. I think that that's a route that so many of our Western societies are going to go as well. Number four, religious bodies and religious affairs are not subject to any foreign domination. Well, again, there are real problems in that. Um, church gatherings can be characterized as unlawful assemblies. People reveal the persecution of Christians to foreign media organizations. They're accused of leaking state secrets. So let me just give you some examples. Last week, 100 Christian leaders and students were arrested on Sunday at a church in Chengdu, the place where the American embassy has just been um, expelled. There's a prayer letter claiming that three believers were tortured. In April, Chinese officials shut down at least 48 state-registered churches and meeting venues in Yugan County, China, where around 10% of the population profess to be a Christian. Religious items have been taken from the churches and replaced with images of President Xi Jinping and Mao Zedong. <sighs> churches have been stripped of their crosses and meetings have been shut down. If you challenge that, then you're accused of fighting against the Communist Party and the central government. A local CCP secretary said this, it is the church's policy, it is the government's policy rather, or the state's policy to shut down churches and demolish crosses. Higher echelons of government have declared that after an inspection, there were too many believers in the country. When so many believe in God, who will listen to the Communist Party? This is a process called sinicization, a way of making things Chinese again. And hundreds of churches are being closed. We need to remember our persecuted, really persecuted, Christian brothers and sisters in China. The tropical playground of Fiji. It'd be hard to think of a more idyllic location for two nations to, discreetly at least, butt heads. But that's exactly what was happening in Suva Harbour last week. Flying the flag for Australia were the warships, Melbourne and Adelaide quietly stalking them, a Chinese spy ship, pretending, not very well, to be a fishing vessel. Now that's a space uh, surveillance ship, it's a scientific ship. Now again, it's important to grasp all of this, but also to grasp what China is doing in terms of politics and military. And so this week, the Australian government have gone to the United Nations to declare that the Chinese claims to the South China Sea are illegal, Already this year, the Chinese Navy have sunk one Vietnamese fishing boat. The, this, this South China Sea is really important because a huge part of the world's trade travels through it. And the Chinese are claiming that it's theirs. Now, the international law 
does not recognize that, but they are aggressively moving that direction. And here's an example of another area where they are uh, aggressively expanding. Taiwan. Uh, the Chinese military activities around Taiwan have increased. Uh, now, again, to help you understand this, and forgive me uh, for those of you who are experts in this already, I'm sure there are some, but for the Chinese Communist Party, Taiwan is a part of China. It's a temporarily unavailable province that's bound to come home. In September last year, President Xi confirmed that China would aim to have Taiwan reunited with the People's Republic by 2049 to mark the centenary of the People's Republic. And Chinese diplomats have been working really hard on that. So nations which have uh, diplomatic relations with the country of Taiwan are being pressured. So recently, the Solomon Islands and Kiribati severed ties with Taipei, the capital of Taiwan. There are now only 15 states that officially recognize Taiwan as the Republic of China. And in this current instance as well, Beijing has ensured that Taiwan is not allowed to be part of the World Health Organization. We're missing out on that, by the way, because Taiwan has been the most successful nation in suppressing COVID-19. It used to be that the Chinese talked about, Chinese Communist Party talked about the peaceful reunification. But last year, Chinese Premier uh, Li Qiwang, he stated that uh, they were looking for reunification and he left out the word peaceful. Um, it seems that I, I really do suspect, I mean, Hong Kong's gone, and I really do suspect that uh, Taiwan is next on the list. And it's possible, depending on who gets elected in the, in the American presidential elections, that uh, the Americans will protect, seek to protect Taiwan. And that's where the war may come in. However, I do suspect that if Joe Biden is elected, the Chinese will take that as a green light to attack Taiwan. But let's move on to another subject that's of great interest. Have a listen to this. The Three Gorges Dam is the biggest in the world. It's also the largest hydroelectric project ever built. As well as generating massive amounts of electricity, it symbolizes China's growing power as a country that can tame the elements like no other. It's changed forever the Yangtze River, which divides China's north from its south. A river that at its most spectacular cuts through three gorges in a row. 400 million people live in the Yangtze Basin, a third of China's population. And as the dam nears completion, there's growing unease. Now, it's one of the technological wonders of the world, the Three Gorges Dam. And I've always been just amazed at how it was managed to be built. 
The equivalent of 50 million tons of coal is saved by this hydro project. And yet, and yet, there is a problem. I don't know if you're aware of this, but there is severe flooding in China just now. All three of China's rivers have major, uh, China's major rivers have major flood alerts. There are 94,000 aging dams. One has already collapsed. A report, by the way, a dam collapse that was not reported by Chinese media. Just downstairs, downstairs, downstream from the Three Gorges is guess where? 11 million city of Wuhan. If you're Wuhanese, you must think, what do we do to deserve this COVID and now this? The threatened overspill from the Three Gorges, which threatens their city enormously. And if the dam was to burst, it would certainly threaten them. In, in, in an example of how Chinese state media run, they claim that the flooding that has come because they've had to release water through the dam is beautiful. It's destroyed hundreds of homes. Now, here's one of the problems. This area is already prone to geological instability. And the, the river level is going up and down, up and down by 30 meters. The Yangtze is an amazing river, 30 meters. Now, I, I heard a, a Chinese engineer explain it in this way with someone who's critical of the Three Gorges project. It's like having a coat hanger. It's very stiff and strong, but you expand it and then you close it, you expand it and then you close it. And that really weakens it. And it's saying that the riverbanks and everything and the whole area is being really weakened. These floods are major, by the way. On July the 28th, Chinese news reported that some 55 million people in 27 provincial level regions have uh, been affected. There are floods that have left 158 people dead and forced the emergency relocation of almost 4 million people. 368,000 homes have been damaged and direct economic losses of 144 billion yuan, which is about 21 billion US dollars. This is all very serious and please keep your eye on this space. A third of, Chinese po of China's massive population live in areas around the Yangtze River. Okay, well, there are other subjects involving China. Hong Kong, we've mentioned that many times, and that's an ongoing situation. We need to pray for the people there. COVID-19, I've already mentioned, but one of the things is that economists reckon is that it has given China an enormous economic advantage and an, an even more leeway into the West. There's the situation, which we've mentioned before, of the India-Chinese border up in the Himalayas. And again, that's what's called an expandable border. There's a lot of dispute about it. Watch that for a flashpoint as well. And here's the final Chinese thing. This is almost an unbelievable story. But this week, U.S. authorities are warning about planting mysterious seeds that have been arriving in the mail at homes in 27 different states. These are, have been delivered in unsolicited pouches, which, according to the Wall Street Journal, appear to have mostly originated from China. The state officials and the Department of Agriculture are investigating claims that hundreds of residents have received seeds in the mail they didn't order, and the packages typically have Chinese characters on the label, which state that the contents are jewellery, but they're seeds. That's an odd, odd story, isn't it? 
All right, let's leave China and let me just do a couple of... Well, I'm going to do one more Chinese thing later on, but let me just do a couple of other things. First of all, uh, have a listen to this song from Pink Floyd. Tell me true, tell me why was Jesus crucified? Was it for this that Daddy died? Was it you? Was it me? Did I watch too much TV? Is that a hint of accusation in your eyes? If it wasn't for the nips Being so good at building ships The yards would still be open song called The Post-War Dream from the album The Final Cut. And I love this, was this the reason Jesus died? Now, it's a political song. It's saying to about industrial decline within the UK. Is this the reason Jesus died? And I think we look at the world the way that it is and we're saying, is this why Jesus died? To create a world like this? No. Jesus died to renew the world. And that's the great hope in the Christian gospel. And you know, the Chinese Communist Party is not going to save China. It's certainly not going to save the world. It is the Christian church, the gospel, that will renew China and will renew the world. Was this the reason Jesus died, all their kids committing suicide? No, no. There is more to life than Western capitalism, Chinese communism, or whatever. And then I'm going to introduce a poem of the week. And why not begin with a Chinese poem? Listen to this. 床前明月光,疑是地上霜,举头望明月,低头思故乡。That's a poem I'm translate uh, Thoughts in the Silent Night by Li Bai, one of the best known Chinese poets. Thoughts in the silent night, beside my bed a pool of light, is it hoarfrost on the ground? I lift my eyes and see the moon, I bend my head and think of home. It's a very famous, ancient poem. It's interesting that in China, when you refer to the moon, then you're expressing your intense feeling of nostalgia and longing and feeling homesick and longing for our families, even though we might be spread out geographically. And then the final thing we're going to play out with this, the death of Peter Green, the one of the founders of Fleetwood Mac, a deeply troubled man, uh, became mentally ill, often attributed to drugs. Uh, I'd heard that he expressed a great deal of Christian interest. A remarkable, remarkable guitarist. Uh, this song, Albatross, is just so chilled. 
it's a beautiful, beautiful piece of music. So we shall see you next week. Uh, please let me know of any particular themes. I've got dozens of them. I'm researching quite a few at the moment. I hope this has been helpful to you. Please do pray for China. Uh, God bless you if you're listening in China. I know that there are people who do listen in China who get past the various filters and are able to do that. If you're Chinese living throughout the world, please understand that none of this is intended to be critical of Chinese people. You have the most amazing culture and history and I do believe actually that in to a large extent the future of the Christian church in the 21st century is going to be very much tied in with the Chinese people. I love my Chinese brothers and sisters here in Sydney and we just long for there to be many more and long for you to teach and guide and help us. I'm looking for Chinese missionaries coming to the West but anyway let me know if there's any further themes if you'd like to support quantum thanks again to those of you who have it's really really appreciated enables us to put this out then please do go to the podbean uh, fundraiser and support there and meanwhile i pray that the lord will bless you that you don't you're not too homesick wherever you are you're not too oppressed by worry and concern about covid and that you are all we are all learning to look to christ see you next week